Welcome to the Dance Centre podcast. I am your host, Claire French, and I'm joining you from the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh peoples, also known as Vancouver, Canada. I'll be talking to dancers, choreographers and other members of the dance world here on the West Coast to find out more about their creative work and practices and to discuss what it means to us to be dance professionals today. Thanks for joining us. In this month's episode, I speak to Arno Karmalika. Arno is a Bharatanatyam dance artist and instructor based in Vancouver. She was born in Bangladesh and has also trained in India and Canada. A graduate in architecture, she draws from her training of various disciplines like music, mime, theatre and other dance forms to add layers to her practice and to create an informed artistic narrative. She's performed around the world in Canada, the USA, Germany, India and Bangladesh. Arno, welcome. It's so nice that you're here with me and I do hope that I said your last name right, but would you please say your name because I love the way you say it and I would love for you to give a little bit of a, just as you were telling me, a little bit of a story into the pronunciation of your last name. Of course. Thank you so much, Claire. It's so weird to, you know, hear your bio back (laughs) when somebody reads it. It becomes a, it's a very weird feeling, but because you start questioning yourself, oh, am I all that? But yeah, let me start by saying my name. So it's a Bengali name. So both words of my like first name and last name are Bengali. So my first name is Arno. I know it, it reads A-R-N-O, like Arno, but in Bengali, it's pronounced as Arno, uh, which is very hard to pronounce, I know even for Bengalis. <laughs> and my last name is Komolika. And I have a story for, and, uh, like in, uh, for this name as well. My parents, as, as you might know, I am a great fan of Rabindranath Tagore, his poetry and literature, and so were my parents. Maybe I'm, I'm a fan because my parents were. And they took this la- my last name from one of the character of Tagore's drama. Komolika, and which means lotus. The word Komolika means lotus, and Orno means water. So they wanted to keep a name that has a meaning in Bengali, which is like a lotus that blooms in the water. That is such a lovely story. I can't help but think of a connection to Vancouver in that way with the lotus and the water as well. These connections, which we'll get to later. Uh, Thank you for that. At the same time, as you're just introducing that and your background, I'd like to talk more about your background a bit later and and talk a little bit about what you're working on now for the Discover Dance, which I believe is October 28th. So even though we're talking and setting this up in September time, (laughs) <laughs> end of and this will be launched around the same time as your and discover dance so what's lovely is we get a little bit of more insight about where you are now leading up to it almost like looking back to look forward and it would be nice if you could talk a little bit about your process now and I'd love to come back to the story that you told just a little yeah. bit later to tie in some of your history yeah so. actually I think if, if you be, you have to probably come back because whatever I'm the process that I'm going through right now has has a connection with where I come from. So when Raquel uh, at Dance Center asked me to perform for Discover Dance, 
which is I I think I will be the first like my discover dance will be the opening one for for this season, and I was wondering of course I'm a Bharatanatyam dancer, but so much of my work is influenced by me being a Bengali, me being fascinated by Bengali literature, Bengali poetry, me growing up as a Bengali in you know in Bangladesh, where the only language we spoke was Bangla Bengali all the time, and music, a Bengali music, uh, Tagore's poetry. So and I do uh, I have worked uh, and experimented with Bengali poetry here and there, but I have hardly tried to br- you know bring it forward for the dance community. You know all, my Bengali work always have been for the. Bengali communities in Vancouver where i have performed and there was always there was a division even in my work which was also like you know because you know when when we think of bharatanatyam we have a little bit of idea or maybe a template that we think that oh bharatanatyam looks like this but for me bharatanatyam has always been an expression or a tool to express what i'm feeling or what, what the story that i want to say and the story that i would like to say has to be bengali because that's what i mostly connect to so right now i'm actually in a transition um even as an artist as a person to find that connection between you know having bharatanatyam as my dance style and having bengali as the language that that is mine and where i belong and how do i bring this two together and this discover dance i thought okay wherever i am in that process why don't i just showcase that to the audience because hopefully we will be able to do it with a live audience and if i can bring the musicians that i have worked with for last you know 2 3 years who has helped me to create some kind of vocabulary that i was looking for maybe if i can bring them and introduce some of the works and some of the collaborations that we have done in past few years to the audience that will be like an exciting journey for all of us because it will also give me an idea how far i have come in that you know journey of mine to find myself exactly and i think this um what's so lovely about hearing you say that is in in my research of you and reading articles that have previously been written and your blog spot on the dance center website and creator star has that an article on you the chan center um the dance center nova dance you're on nova dance as well like there's a whole bunch of, and i found something on um the the sauce uh, or mm-hmm, la sauce mm-hmm. LA sauce, la sauce. Um, so you can find out lots of information from on on all these places. But what I was very excited about was learning about the dance styles and how Bharat Natyam is not an immediate uh, connection for you to your Bengali and Bangladeshi background because it's really is it now? Am I saying this right? Probably not. But um, is it Manipuri or Manipuri and Kathak? Mm-hmm, are they more mm-hmm. likely to be the forms that are in? from your childhood so bharatanatyam yeah. was already a, a step away 
you know, there's already mm. a collaboration, if you like, or a cross-disciplinary connection between Bharatnatyam and Tagore in, in your background. That's already yeah. a step outside of a culture. Yeah. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. I can go forever <laughs> because <laughs> I'm also, you know, at when you're young, you don't think about these things when you're learning the forms, right? You just go mm. ahead and start learning and you want to just be like your teacher, I think that's <laughs> that's how we all become dancers. We just get fascinated by our instructor, our gurus, our teacher, and we just want to be like them because they are just so wonderful. And for me, see Bangladesh as a country, uh, because it's so close to West Bengal of India, and Monipuri was mo a more dominant dance form there. And Bharatanatyam, for example, my teacher from whom I started learning the basics of Bharatanatyam, he was actually the first Bharatanatyam dancer in Bangladesh who actually went to India and learned Bharatanatyam and came back and started teaching that to Bangladeshi students. And I was one of his very, you know, first students. So when I was looking around, I really did not have a reference what Bharatanatyam was. I just liked the form and probably I was good at it. I'm not sure, but my teacher also liked me. And he said that, yes, you should definitely continue it. And then he managed to bring his teacher, who is this legendary teacher, legendary guru of India. Like everybody actually, you know, he's one of those, you know, very first masters of, and somehow, and see, he was a Hindu Brahmin, and my teacher from Bangladesh was a Muslim teacher who was a very religious Muslim person, but he could easily glide into being a Bharatanatyam dancer and worshipping the Hindu gods and goddesses. And somehow, for me, it didn't seem like an alien form because I could relate to the teacher that was teaching me. He was just another person, another Bangladeshi person like me. And then I saw the relationship with him and his guru, who eventually came to Bangladesh and taught us more advanced, you know, gave us more advanced class. And I fell in love with that being, you know, that guru, because he was so knowledgeable. I think everybody falls in love with him when, when, like, when they see him, Chandrasekhar Guruji. He had this, so much knowledge of music, rhythm, dance, theater, and he he was also a botanist. Like he had studied botany, so he was always into you know looking at nature and finding inspiration. Although he was a dance master, and that image, you know, made me realize that. Oh my God! This is like if like if if I want to be something in life, I want to be a person like this. It was not only the dance and not only the form, and he made it so easy for us. Although it was a different language, although it was a different culture that the dance was coming from, as you can as you know that even in South Asia, every part of India or every part of South Asia has different language, different culture. So it's not like now it's very clear because of the, you know, YouTube and everything. We all know each other. But imagine in the 90s, it was a very different culture for me to go to Chennai and not knowing the language, not knowing the culture. But he made the dance form above everything. 
and the connection and the kind of you know the kind of love he was spreading yeah it's like it can only come from a like an holistic integrated kind of um sense of being when you meet somebody who understands how all of these components fit for them then that's what they that's how you can respond right as yeah. a whole person exactly. so yeah that's that's lovely um there's so much i would like to talk about um around that but i just feel like i should jump on something you said about this person also being a botanist <laughs> <laughs> and how you are also an architect <laughs> or and your connection to that and and this will also give us opportunity to go a little bit back to your bio because as happens in bios it tends to sometimes read a little bit like a list and <laughs> we feel a little bit like ah. and, and and this is opportunity as well to i think dig into maybe how these various disciplines might inform you how they're weighted mm. perhaps in your work whether you privilege some over the other and but i am i'm just genuinely intrigued in um whether you still are a practicing artist uh, architect whether you you know how are these things how are these things with you now <laughs> um even if it's just an interest that you think feeds your work or if there's something that are actually is part of your profession or part of you know how you you know live daily or um you know where would you where would you say all of these disciplines fit? Oh my god, <laughs> this is like being being honest. Time to being be honest. So, see, I <laughs> I probably if you if I had written that bio like today, maybe I would have skipped that part because I feel like I I'm I'm a graduate of architecture and I did practice for around two years when I was in Bangladesh before moving to Vancouver, but. After moving to Vancouver, I have not uh, practiced architecture because life and lots of other things, privileges, situations made me um, choose, I would say, like, like when I had this choice of doing dance or like, you know, suffering more <laughs> to become an architect, I chose being a dancer <laughs> because it was just because and also, uh, I know there are people who can do them together, like they can balance their life. But I feel like me being also very passionate about architecture, I felt like I can't do both. Like when I was studying architecture, you won't believe it. But for those five years, I did not perform. I did not do dance. I was I was just, you know, staying in touch with the school of dance that I have learned from. But it was so, the architecture was consuming me so much. And then after graduating and after moving to Canada for my master's, when I found Jay Govinda and started to, you know, dance again, actually, and perform again, because he was such a supportive teacher again. Like, I'm so lucky in that sense. The teachers and the gurus I've got, I don't know what they have seen in me because I have never seen that in myself it was only them that saw potential and then that pushed me to go forward. I'm kind of like a very doubtful person and insecure in, in general. Like I never think that I'm good at anything. And then when I, and also Canada being, I would say such a free place for me, you know, like I was a new person here. Uh, it didn't matter in Canada for anybody if I was a Bengali or a South Asian, if Bharatanatyam, like, you know, if I am born in the uh, country that where where Bharatanatyam comes from, for example, India, you know, like it didn't matter to anybody 
because because there were so less probably in in a way that there were not many bharatanatyam dancers in the city when i was coming in so and i had a lot to offer because of my experience like 25 years of dancing experience from bangladesh i thought like i had so much to give in the dance you know where in architecture i was just starting so i automatically i i got drawn to dance and i thought okay i'm i'm choosing it consciously i and i don't want to compromise but saying that architecture i i think that i could you know everything is a in a, in a way a battle and and the kind of multitasking or the kind of work that i do now the kind of i always try to find connection between different things even when i'm doing a traditional dance form i always try to find a, another a different kind of concept or different kind of expression through it i think that came from my training in architecture because it was in architecture we always had to you know you know we didn't sleep at night like as architecture students it was such a difficult five years of studies and it was all about creating something new designing something new and pushing yourself and i think that has really made me a stronger manager and director for which i actually managed to pull off some really difficult shows and projects in you know past 5 years otherwise i don't know <laughs> yeah so i love that because i think there's something around also in the training of it form and function yeah. you know or purpose yeah. so you are at the same time that you are creating something you are having to assess or evaluate its function and therefore its purpose and and so concepts are tied to they're tied to intention in a very different way exactly. but they're also they also have to perform these structures and these ideas have to, they have some kind of yeah. performative you know and and situational component right they are place they are context mm. and i can see how all of those things and thinking of all of those things and understanding how all of those pieces have to fit together could be extremely valuable for understanding not just product but the connection between process and product yeah. and then the connection between how you might want an audience or your clients or customer or which we don't yeah. use in the arts but but you know there's a kind of there's a crossover there um i also just you know there's something around when you said about being doubtful <laughs> um uh, and to come back to that <laughs> idea of being in the room i think there's something sometimes about a sensitivity mm -hmm. that comes with that that means that you your vulnerability or your the way in which you're coping with your sense of vulnerability as a learner mm. and as a student also is a gift for a performer yeah. because i think that is constantly connecting like there's a self reflection that happens and a kind of you know need for validation yeah. or something <laughs> from a teacher which is also in the audience and then is also how you share your sense of self but you know, you know Claire, in the room yeah but you know i was actually talking to somebody about it a few days ago like why i actually like i don't think i chose dance dance chose me but why did dance chose me like my both my parents my mother was into music but nobody was aware of dancing so it was just uh, by chance that i went into a dance school and because the music room was music 
class was full. So my mother actually took me to, you know, admit to a music class and it was full. So I, the dance class was empty and I'm like, okay, let's go in there. And it was just by chance. But I think the reason, because I'm doubtful, the best thing about dance is not in this COVID situation, but you don't see yourself. You don't hear yourself. You don't see your designs. You don't read your writing. You are doing whatever you want. Of course, not whatever you want, but of course, there's a method to it. But then it's, it's for others to decide they like it or not. And it, as a dancer, we don't probably sometimes even don't think about that. If they are liking it or not, we are just happy while being on stage or while being in that movement. And that's why now with this digital performance, it's getting so hard for me because then you get to see yourself. And then all those doubts starts coming in. But until now, I never had that. Dance was the only place for me where I I could let go of those doubts because you know I could I could I could leave it up to the the eye that is watching me if they like it good if they don't like it. But as long as I'm enjoying and I'm not seeing myself, which is the best thing. <laughs> and it's so funny <laughs> that I I I and maybe that's why because in when you are into like you know visual arts or even into music you're constantly hearing yourself and you're constantly you know nitpicking if you're drawing a line with a pencil you are always like you know i could have never been a painter because i'm always doubting that line that i'm drawing but i could be a dancer because i'm somehow not doubting the way i'm moving my hand it somehow has mm-hmm. worked for me yeah, although it makes me think I would love to see your painting. Uh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but that's the that, that's the choreographer in me, which isn't really fair to say in yeah. this in this middle of all of this. But um, but it does make me think that mm-hmm. you know, like, because there is something about that expression and the freedom you find in the expression when it's your whole body and you're giving. Yeah, you know, you're actually giving. Yeah, um, and and you're not judging in that process you're doing one thing and you're giving exactly and you're allowing the audience to choose how to engage yeah. you know in that I, I i love that does that apply also to your collaborators i because i'm interested in how you how you're finding collaborating these days to bring it to the covid times and also to bring it back to discover dance a little bit because just to not to make sure i don't forget to say this but not only are you the first discover dance for this season but it's also the 20th anniversary of Scotiabank Dance Centre and so it's a very special time to think about two things the fact that you know we are having audiences again but also the building has been there for 20 years and you and I have both you know made a lot uh, much use of the building um over those times and it might it's might be a nice time to talk about how our collaborations are happening these days uh because of the COVID time and also what impact the building has um, on us and our practice, especially right now. So I will probably start with the building because see, um, I think the reason I came back to dance after moving to Canada, because just imagine like, you know, a girl comes to study, you know, architecture, and then um, she's not even thinking of taking dance professionally. And then she, you know, emails this one school and then she comes into this building and then she's getting you know 
like it it was such a beautiful moment for me i still remember it in 2000 was it 9 september or 2010 september i i'm just getting into the building and then i'm watching bali vc rehearsing on the other side and then there is classes of mandala arts in the same floor and i'm like wow like like bharatanatyam didn't feel as uh, you know less visible dance for me as an immigrant you know just imagine where i'm from and coming not all even like a student international student back then so i was like oh my god if 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 there is a building for dance in a city that that's enough for me because where do you get that right so dance center the building has been so instrumental for a person who is doubtful about everything like me because it 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 told me that you know this dance will stay here and you can come whenever you want to practice and this building is yours as long as you know you become a member you get all these facilities and i was like wow where do dancers get that i have never got that i have i have always had to depend on somebody to get those uh, facilities and privileges and then in the pandemic it was again like you know when we all were like scared and what's happening and then i had this dance lab which i applied before the pandemic started so by the time i i had to start working on it the pandemic has already started and i was like what am i going to do but dance center was there like you know you i just had to modify my application i had just had to modify my project and i was going every week dancing on my own wearing my mask wearing my socks <laughs> that was the only change i had to make uh, during the pandemic and i had this huge like you know jerislawski or birmingham studio to myself and i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> like like people won't even like you know my bangladeshi coworkers or dancers or my friends won't even believe that what kind of you know how helpful actually an organization can be for an individual artist's you know development it's just Yeah, Amazing. I think that's so wonderful to hear because we think of we think all the time of you know the the large scale productions the production and we think of classes being full you know of like thirty sixty people in them you know and and all of the as a hub for lots of people to be there together yeah. but what we all found during COVID and I was working you know for the dance center full time during COVID was this like support that we could give to each other as in individuals yeah. when when necessary and how having that kind of institutional support or organizational support that had to also adapt in order to be able to do that uh, you know for was just a kind of was a way to build a sense of community even though we're very aware that we have lots of different communities but i think that was really interesting so individuals could benefit and at, at that time that's what was necessary individuals needed to feel they had exactly. places or they could continue or also was what happened with a lot of people was could reevaluate yeah you know and so people could shift their work and shift in and out of working it, it you know which is fascinating to me, like, to me. i i am mm. not the same dancer as i was 2 years ago because of this support that i got and i would now i'm coming back to the second part of your question which is the collaboration you were talking about see because i could keep my practice on and i could still go on with my project even as as a solo artist for the whole pandemic 
when these opportunities started coming to me, you know, when people started, you know, gathering themselves and, for example, the Chan Center performance, when it was like a very short project because you can't plan for a year-long project in this situation. But I was... I was so confident that I'll be able to make it work because I was still, I was going into the studio all the time and dancing and, you know, and then I just brought that to the musicians and we just collaborated. We did that with seven rehearsals. Can you imagine, Claire, that that huge show? Because I was just confident that we can make it because we can't afford to have more than seven rehearsals in the pandemic. And it just happened. And that... You know, the collaborations are so wonderful because that made us such good friends, you know, with musicians, dancers, all of us, that we want to work more. Like maybe not such a huge project, but maybe something like Discover Dance. And and when I reached out to those artists, for example, Curtis, Curtis, I call him, and Sharanjit is the sitarist. And when I asked him that, would you like to, you know, do a, this small project with me for this and they were like yes we are looking you know we 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 want to work we doesn't matter what the situation is music should happen dance should happen and i think it's only because of the pandemic that everybody started thinking in that way you know that collaborations like i'm collaborating with sujit see for past 10 years we always have seen each other we have been friends but never this thought has come to our mind that maybe we can collaborate. But pandemic made us, you know, um, cherish each moment that we can get. <laughs> I love that because I'm also working with and collaborating with Sujit. Yeah. And he's coming to our project for Restless Productions. And it's a similar thing. We're dance and music as well. And looking at kind of sharing of practices and, and how that melding comes together. But so that's really lovely to hear. And I think it seems to me that there are a lot of people who are busier than ever. I know, I know. <laughs> it is, it is way more. Yeah, that it has its cons. It does, but at the same time, but I think it's scale. I think I think we all have this interest in working because we've had to find quite intimate ways of working and also isolated yeah. work, ways of working. Yeah. Those two, I think it's just widened or expanded the spectrum on which we understand that we can collaborate or... Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to be in a room yeah, together. Yeah, you know, Claire, yeah. also it made us forgiving. Also, it made us compassionate. Mm -hmm. Also, it made us caring towards each other. Like, it's not about a competition anymore. Or it's not about, like, finishing a production anymore. I Like, I end up saying all the time now that, you know, like, what more do we have to lose? Or what more do we have to gain? Let's just enjoy the moments and we will we will show however whatever we have so far because it's not end of our life and but it also can be the last show so why are we you know well i love that because i think the i think the competition you talk about is actually a byproduct of the pressure we feel to produce productivity, something exactly yeah. yeah it's the productivity and the race to finish something or the or the need the the need to feel like we have that's how we show that we're working exactly. or how we show that we we are professional or something yeah. when now there's much more room everybody is realizing that the pacing we we have all this all these other ways to pace our work and be with our creative work I think that's really exciting and like you say I think that compassion is extended outside of our immediate collaborative yeah. groups and we've got there's more room to think that other people are making work differently True. and 
I should thank Nova Dance also, you know, because throughout, throughout the, I was doing an internship that I was supposed to go to Toronto. I, I received a BC Arts grant for that. I was supposed mm -hmm. to go to Toronto for this, our project Swaha that was supposed to happen in 2020. And then the, Is that the choir? Uh, it's, it's like a body choir of 70 people. Yeah. And that was the plan, right? We were all working, to, like three dancers from Vancouver were involved in it. Me, Kirutika, Malvika, and then there were other dancers mm -hmm. from um, Toronto. And Toronto, yeah. then the pandemic happened. So the show got postponed mm -hmm. to we don't know when. And mm -hmm. But I had this internship planned. So... Novadi was like, okay, let's 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 start doing something over, like online. And I ended up doing like three hundred hours of work during the whole pandemic. Nice. But what struck me, and also how Nova Dance was also exploring itself throughout the pandemic, is how to find care and compassion. And that is like a motto of them now. Like when they are going towards like you know maybe making that production a reality but I can see how the whole vision and everything has changed for them like it's not about you know just showcasing the dance anymore it's more about you know going more deeper and finding what is really important for these dancers and how all these women because it's a woman cast so all these women actually end up supporting each other and I feel like that's going to be a wonderful production in whichever way it ends up, you know, being produced because the inner truth is so beautiful there. And mm -hmm. I think it's just, yeah, I'm lucky that I was part of that yeah. transition. That's really wonderful. And just for listeners, um, novadance.ca, there's a tiny clip of, um, I think that, some of the ideas in that that I'm not, I don't think you're in because they're in a, a in a theater space. But your bio is there. <laughs> <laughs> a longer bio is there on on the website. But it's a really wonderful like just what we were talking about just now. I think they really do embody it, and I think you can see it in that clip on the trailer that's on the NovaDance.ca website. So uh, it's worth checking out. I was also taken by the contemporary quality of those videos and I just wonder maybe we could talk about that a little bit um as maybe our the final thing we talk about although I feel like I could talk <laughs> with you for hours and so I'm sure there'll be more yeah um but I think it might be a nice way to end actually just on this idea of in, in some ways cycling back to what you said about Discover Dance mm -hmm. and how you want to bring it to a wider dance audience than just South Asian mm -hmm. if you like or and not just about crossing over within South Asian styles, but but also this idea of contemporary and how the work is contemporary and what makes it contemporary mm -hmm. beyond it being you as a person living today, working with these traditional forms. And you're also drawing on historical context within the Bangladeshi literature and poetry, but also I know that there's a huge contemporary contingent. So could you just... Well, one thing to lead us into that, maybe I'll just um, reflect upon your own words <laughs> from another article. I think it's from the Creator Stir article, maybe from the the source. Mm -hmm. Two quotes that I'd like to us to draw on, and maybe you could tie these into the discussion about contemporary. Mm -hmm. I hope it helps. Yeah, let, if let it's a sidetrack, you can ignore made. anything. <laughs> okay, this is what you said. <laughs> you were quoted as saying, ideas only take shape when you welcome others into the space. 
and they react to what you are doing and saying, and that's how I work. And that was in March 2021. Yeah. And the other thing you said was the personal is the universal and the universal is the personal. So for me, those two ideas speak very much to this idea of they they could define collaboration. They could define like how we connect as a society in, you know, in, in our contemporary society or how we're searching for that or what art can do. And then there's your specific way of going about those things. So if that helps. No, oh my God. I can't believe I said <laughs> such nice such a nice sentence. I could formulate that mm-hmm. because I'm not very good at formulating sentences, but I But you're good in flow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Claire. Yeah, that that's a good affirmation for me. Thank you so much. It will help me in the next interview. <laughs> so Great. you know, I, I truly believe I as a single person or I was just one person or an one one person left in this world without any life without any nature or without anything to be inspired from, I couldn't have been an artist. Like everything I do or every kind of work I do, I I get inspired from, you know, maybe even kids, the students I teach, like they teach me or they give me ideas every class that, oh my God, how did she do that? How could I, I have never thought about that like that. And my partner, he, he can't stop singing because he's a musician. He always like keep singing in the house and every day I know as much as I get irritated by it but I also get ideas because I'm not a musician and I'm like oh my god why did he sing this part like this and how does how can I show it in my dance you know the kind of emotion that he brought in that line of music and that's how so I don't actually know. I have thought a lot about this word contemporary in my life, even when I was studying architecture. Right now, I think like what I have decided, or at least right now what I'm thinking is I really don't want to go into any kind of labels at this point, because I think it gets really complicated. Like if you start talking about what is contemporary, what is not, what is traditional, and that is a, I think that's a huge topic. And I feel like I need a little more knowledge to talk about those things. But for me, the work has to be yours, even if you're doing a traditional piece, even if you're doing a perfectly like Bharatanatyam that we like probably 10 of us have learned the same thing. But when you will be doing it, you will be approaching it from a very different perspective because your upbringing your training your education is different you came from like the same same thing and the best thing about nova dance and and the contemporaryness that they showcase is that everybody has space there you know like i i was not into contemporary i love watching contemporary dance i have learned contemporary like like, you know, Uday Shankar style of dance, which is like a very Bengali contemporary, you should say. But I have been very satisfied being a Bharatanatyam dancer. I never thought that I need to be a contemporary dancer to make my dance feel contemporary. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, but in Nova Dance, when I went there, and I think a lot of us, we are all very tra- very much trained in traditional Bharatanatyam or Manipuri or other like Katha, Kodisi, all these dance forms. But the way we, and you see, we all are different there. 
like Nova Dance is not trying to create a homogeneous body. And I think that's what contemporary about it, you know, like even with same kind of training, everybody has something very different to offer. And that can come from literature. Like for me, it comes from literature and music because I'm a very music kind of person. I, I think with music, I don't think from the lyrics, you know, I think from the rhythm, I think from the beat, I think from the melody. And, and that's why anything I do becomes influenced by that, even if it's a very traditional. Some people doesn't think that way. Some people think it from maybe, you know, whatever they are feeling at that moment or whatever identity they are trying to bring forward of them. So that's contemporary too, right? So now it's, it's a hard question for me. That's what I want to say that I, and I don't want to give a simplistic answer because I don't think the answer is very simple and it should not be. I totally agree. And I think, you know, it warrants discussion, it warrants, uh, you know, difference of opinion. And I think that's the one thing that contemporaneous should be is a celebration of difference. Yeah, yeah. And a celebration not of difference uh, across different companies or different people, but a celebration of multiplicity and of multiple, even multiple thoughts or even contradictory thoughts in one person potentially like I think I think we're in a very you know complex and heterogeneous you know society and I think that's where its strength is um but I also think there's something about and within that there's a kind of alternative virtuosity that can come from it which is how people and individuals relate their experience Mm. and their histories to their current expression and and um, a sense of being in society, yeah. uh, being in yeah. in whether you're living in a city or you're in a r- rural community, or you, your values around self-expression, your values around collaboration, are uh, can come out in the form and in the work you choose to create, yeah. and also continue to spread that message out to an audience so that they are also expanding their horizons as they watch contemporary. So I totally agree. I think the idea that you come to watch a contemporary thing and because you don't receive what you thought was contemporary, uh-huh. I think that's a bonus. Yeah. I think that's a plus. Yeah. I think then contemporary is doing its work. But if you arrive and you get everything that you expected a contemporary dance thing to be, then that's the norm that you are measuring work by yeah. and it's categorized. And I think we all could do with just blowing that, yeah. just letting the fireworks go off yeah. a little bit to see where we're, where we're the norm and where we are actually, like you say, investing in it yeah. with a little bit of personal risk yes, to yes, kind of, yes. yeah. And I, I, I hope to I change also, you know, Claire, I hope that in five years, yeah, nice. we are, if we are having the same conversation, I hope that I have something else to say to you, you know, I hope that my views gets, you know, I gain more wisdom around this yeah. and I, I i i get influenced by people i i get inspired by other kind of either political discourse or anything and and then i probably have something else to tell you that what can because yeah. i think in five years contemporary should mean something else to me and that's how yes, it I will mean. continue being the contemporary you know? oh i love that and i think also there's there's space there's I think you and I like sponges and we want, you know, but, but then there's also a, there's also 
that moment where we have to let that wisdom, if you like, mm. become embodied. And that's a process in and of itself yeah. that you can't even rush or actually you can't predetermine how that's going to become embodied, how that wisdom is going to become embodied. Yeah. And so I'd love to talk to you next week, but also <laughs> I would love to talk to you in five years' time. Yeah. I think maybe we'll just hum to each other. Yeah. Or, no, no, it was, <laughs> or share rhythm. It has been yeah. such a, you know, uh, it, it's nice that we got here. Like, you know, the conversation went here. I was not expecting it, but it, it, it feels No, it I, wasn't, feels amazing. I wasn't shocked. <laughs> Good. Well, we'll keep going. We'll keep, and of course, the, you know, the next stage for us, of course, is to, um, to see your next iteration of work mm-hmm. and to, uh, and I'm very excited that you're getting to collaborate with the same people again across yeah. different projects. Um, uh, but I will just share, you know, you can look up. Now I, I'm going to ask you to say your name and then I'm going to repeat it. But would you say your name? Because <laughs> I think everybody is... should try to of say course, your name. Of course, if, 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 if everybody can, I will be, my parents will be very we happy. Even, my parents. We won't even hear them try, but it might so, be a nice little why, why, thing Why don't we just do. today try with my first name? Let's, yes. let's take one step Ad- at a time. So Ordino. Okay. Ordno. Ordno. Yeah. Ordno. That's lovely. Ordno. I'm not getting the R, but Ordno. Ordno. Yeah. And then I want to say, I want to say Komalika, but it's, is yeah. that right? Ordno. Komalika. No, it's not. No, it's not right, <laughs> listeners. But you know, it, it's just about the K. See, in Bengali language, mm. you have Ka, Ka, then Ga, mm-hmm, Ka. Right. So there's so many, like, mm. and we are taught that, at, like, you know, when you're three years old. So how can we, yeah. like, how can you get that <laughs> now? So you have to start from that letter, you know, ka, 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 ka. Only then you can say komulika. So ka, 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 ka. I also understand. Like, like, I can't start speaking French right now. Like, you know, no. <laughs> how, how can I? <laughs> <laughs> so um, you just have to be like, I think as long as somebody is trying, I think that, that's that's the main thing, right? Because Well, I love it because it's new information, right? Even a name and how to pronounce a name is new information. Yes. Like it's just, yeah, it's all very, very exciting. <laughs> well, this was an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'm very excited to see your work next. And I'm sure there'll be more articles and more people <laughs> will be writing about you as that happens. <laughs> and I know we will talk again. So, yeah, I just want to thank you so much. Abel. Oh, thank you. thank you, Claire. It has been an absolute absolute delight like to talk to you I was I was as usual nervous because I'm not a good speaker but I I had such a fun time thank you so much oh yeah so did I thank you thank you so much for listening we would love for you to subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcasts as this will help other listeners find us and help us to grow our dance audience We'll be back next month. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook at The Dance Centre, Twitter at Dance Centre, and Instagram at The Dance Centre BC. And if you'd like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Just go to our website at thedancecentre.ca where you'll find extensive information about our upcoming programmes and events. The music for The Dance Centre podcast was composed by James B. Maxwell always a pleasure to connect with you through dance. Until next time.